It's Monday here in Rochester, and we are in our last week of 2021. What what a wild year it has been. Um, but I feel some stillness today. The snow is softly falling here, and it is lightly dusting the ground it really that phrase like the ground is dusted by the snow it really makes a lot of sense because when you look outside um here it it really does look like there's dust (laughs) like if you look at a shelf that has dust on it um that's how the snow looks on the grass right now so today's episode is um, going to be about looking at things differently um, as far as music therapy and being a music therapist. Um, or basically, like, what do you do if, if you can't change things? And then we will move into talking about the new year. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the new year. It's always nice having a beginning. You know, everything in life needs beginnings and endings. And any excuse for a beginning, at least for me, feels good, feels fresh. It's like you can feel the possibilities or the possibility in the air. So I want to dive into those things and, um, yeah, have a nice conversation today. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, it wouldn't be a show without all of you listening. If you weren't listening, it would just be me talking to myself. (laughs) Uh, So thanks for being here. Um, this is episode 35, I believe. So we're going to dive into this idea of acceptance today. Um, accepting music therapy for what it is and maybe for what it isn't. Accepting our title as music therapist or our role as the music therapist. What I found is that, um, in these eight nine years of being a music therapist, not too much has changed. Like a lot has changed, but the stuff that has frustrated me has not really changed. I will still be called the music lady or the music teacher or the entertainer. Um, And I will still be faced with advocacy opportunities every single day. I still go far too long without changing my guitar strings. (laughs) Um, We are still here nine years after I first heard. um, No, I guess it's been longer than that. 10, maybe 13 years since I heard about this conversation of licensure for music therapists in the state of New York. And we are still right here. (laughs) And... New York State still does not have a music therapist 
license. Yes, we have the LCAT, but that's not specific to music therapy. Um, music therapists are still very opinionated, and I still have the same feelings that I've had around music therapists um, that I've had since I was a student. Kind of uneasy, kind of uncomfortable, kind of like I don't want to speak up and I have to watch what I say and people are going to think that I'm not a real music therapist or I'm not a good music therapist. All of these things are still the same. And I've had to figure out what to do with that. And this idea of acceptance has been in my head for a few months now. Um, I'm glad I'm finally sitting down and recording this episode. So accepting music therapy for what it is and maybe what it isn't. This word acceptance or this feeling of acceptance, I don't think it has to be an idle, like, sitting still kind of word. Sometimes it feels like acceptance means giving up or it means failure. But I feel like this word has much more motion to it. Um, It can be a word full of grace and full of that, that movement, full of grounded reality and full of tenacity. So I'm going to go back through that um, sentence and break it down even further, um, expand it, if you will. So acceptance can be a word full of grace. When I think of grace, I think of kindness, almost a somber feeling, this feeling of being okay with what is. So grace. And acceptance can be full of motion or movement. So doing something about it anyway. Um, Acceptance doesn't have to mean we're sitting still. It can mean that we make change because we feel like change hasn't happened. It can be the moving forward of things um, if they bother you. I'll give you an example of how I've done that in my own work in life. So acceptance can have that movement to it. And then um, acceptance can be a word full of grounded reality. So understanding the ups and the downs, really having that, that foundation in what's actually happening and knowing that it's just going to be this way. So those ups and those downs, and then staying in it anyway. So that last part, tenacity. Acceptance can be a word full of tenacity. Staying in it anyway, or staying with it anyway. So I think of tenacity as like never giving up and sticking with it and um, persevering. And that's not for everyone. And it, if, if, so I want to say all of this with grace in mind and with um, understanding in mind, realizing that everyone's situation is different, everyone's story is different. Our journeys in and out of the music therapy world are so unique to each and every one of us. 
So when I talk about this, I don't want you to feel like you have to stay with music therapy. You have to be a music therapist your whole life. And I really don't want this to come across as you have to stay in a bad environment. You know, I really look at it completely opposite from that. I think you should leave a bad environment and do something about it. So with music therapy, you know, maybe maybe um, the acceptance that you find is, you know, grace, having that kindness towards the difficult things, motion, making changes in your work in your life if it's not working for you, um, grounded reality, realizing that music therapy is kind of always going to have these ups and these downs, and then tenacity, sticking with it anyway. So maybe staying in the field or staying in your job or or committing a little longer to your business. Um, but it can also look like grace, kindness towards yourself when you're in the middle of a difficult environment, motion, moving out of that environment if it's not right for you, grounded reality, realizing that as much as you do, it's not going to change the circumstance unless you leave the situation and tenacity, sticking with advocacy for yourself and doing what's right for you. So this piece of acceptance can look so different. It can look like staying within the field, staying within a job, sticking with a business, or it can look like leaving any or all of those things and moving on to something else. So I just wanted to say that before... um, we continue. So I see this acceptance in my own life um, as a sign of maturity. I've grown out of the frustration phase, if you will, and into the acceptance or working phase. It's like as I've gotten older and as I've been in this profession of music therapy for a certain amount of time, I feel like with it comes this experience and this maturity and I feel like that is really feeding my work and my life and my soul and I wanted to pass that on to all of you as a sign of hope if you're in a difficult time right now. And I wanted to, this this episode feels like just an episode of breaking things down. So we broke down acceptance and and how I um, see it as a word full of grace and full of motion, full of grounded reality and full of tenacity. And now I'm talking about going through music therapy and growing with it and now seeing this acceptance as maturity as I've been through enough life or I've been through enough work in music therapy to get to this point. And so now I want to dive into those different phases that I mentioned. So when I talk about these phases, I look at them as kind of like growing. We are growing as we experience more within our jobs and our titles and us just as human beings. You know, I'm not the same person now at almost uh, 32 than I was um, when I was 22. So I think this happens 
in our professional lives too. And I think as new professionals, we don't, we don't see that this is coming. We don't realize that, that we can grow as much as we actually do. So I want to dive into these, these different phases as I see them. And I've probably talked about things similar to this before in other episodes, but why not, why not talk about it again? Right at the front, I see this interest phase. We hear about music therapy. It feels like the perfect job for us. It's like the most amazing blend of helping people and using music. It's a way that we can use music every single day um, and that be our jobs. And it's, it's beautiful. It's magical. It's a wonderful profession to be a part of. And so that first phase is, is that interest. We are intrigued. We are curious. We want to know more. We want to study it. We want to get involved. And then as we dive into that, the next phase is excitement, excitement phase. So we are in school. We are learning things. Things are exciting. We work with our first clients. We see breakthroughs. We see music therapy working. We learn the techniques and, and skills of being a music therapist, and it's like, it's just so cool. And then we get into internship, and um, I don't know if this is your experience, but it was, it was exciting getting to know music therapists in the field and working alongside them and working with real families out there and then being on my own. Like, that was scary, but also very, very exciting. And then um, taking the test, getting those letters MTBC, although they're just letters <laughs> and it's just a test and some of us are better test takers than others. So maybe it should change in the future, just saying. But that too, there's, there's excitement around getting a certification and then landing your first job. And then comes the frustration phase. And I will say that um, like any other cycles or processes or phases, these are not necessarily one after the other. I can say that frustration I had felt since I was a student, but especially as a new professional, facing those challenges for the first time and maybe not making enough money and trying to do all these things with such limited time and then feeling like you're failing your clients or not being the best music therapist you can be. Um, so there's this, this frustration that comes along with being a music therapist. I mean, just just being called out every single day because I have a guitar on my back, that's frustrating. Like, can I just do my job and not have to always have conversations about my job? <laughs> Apparently not. That is music therapy. So there's so much frustration that comes with um, being a music therapist and that's okay and it's okay to acknowledge it. But I think that there's a time and a place where the frustration doesn't feel so heavy or maybe the frustration doesn't feel so prominent. And that's, that's what I mean by acceptance. We get to this place where, yeah, these things always happen, but it's okay. It is what it is. 
And so I, I call this the acceptance phase or the working phase. To me, it feels like, okay, I'm just, you know, finding my groove with work and I'm doing music therapy throughout my week. I have clients that I'm seeing, groups that I'm running. There's this regular motion that we've got going. And then what I see as we continue growing and having even more experience under under our belts is that we move into gratitude. And as we become older music therapists and what do they call seasoned music therapists and um, even music therapists who are ready for retirement. This is the pass it forward phase or letting it go phase. You know, there's a beginning and an end to everything. So this would be kind of that end piece. Um, I'm not yet there. And maybe some of you are there because you're moving away from the field of music therapy and so you're you're letting it go now. Um, I was talking with a more experienced music therapist recently, and she got involved with the New York State Association for Music Therapy. That is the professional association that we are starting in the state of New York. And we had this lovely conversation about what New York State music therapists have been through throughout the years and the different phases that New York has seen. And she talked about the LCAT and licensure and um, different schools getting programs and all these different things that led up to this point in time where now we are in the middle of working towards setting up an association. And what was really cool was she's like, you know, I'm not too far off from retirement. And I saw the post about this group on Facebook. And I was really interested in being involved because I want to pass on my knowledge and my expertise to the next generation of music therapists. I wanted to do like one last thing for the profession, um, for all the music therapists up and coming um, before I retired. So that's why I created this phase, gratitude, letting it go, passing it forward phase, because I see those music therapists who are older and wiser and more experienced and ready for retirement as really adding so much to our profession with what they have to offer. It's really cool to to think that after all of our years of work, we can um, pass it on and then we can let it go and we can be grateful for all of the years that we were part of music therapy. With these phases, I feel like they're so similar to like looking at the grief cycle or um, even looking at the music therapy process, you know, how our sessions run week after week, you know, we have assessment and then we have our treatment plan and then we do the work and then we evaluate what's happening. And then, um, at the end we terminate our sessions and we let go of them, which is really hard. And maybe for some of our clients, it 
it will be years in the making before um, they're ready to terminate or move on. But um, yeah, all of these cycles and phases and processes are so similar. You know, they they don't happen in order all of the time. And, you know, we, we can't rush through a phase. We can't artificially manufacture maturity. I even see this with many music therapists um, and myself included with some things and some issues. A lot of music therapists are still kind of stuck in that frustration phase and it seems like they never got to the other side of it. And then at least what I see with the baggage that I carry as a music therapist with things that I've learned or things that I've picked up from other music therapists, it's as if we are um, passing on our frustration to the ones that we teach or mentor or uh, talk with instead of seeing this all as a much bigger picture, a much bigger story and moving through frustration into acceptance. I feel like I talked about these ideas in another episode as well. So definitely go back if you're interested. So now I wanted to tell you a little story about what I've done in going through these phases. Um, so the story of NYSAMPT, New York State Association for Music Therapy. So I went to school in New York State, heard about the ELCA and all that jazz and was very confused about what's going on in the state. Then I moved out to Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I worked um, north of the Twin Cities and then kind of all around the state um, <laughs> with a traveling job. And what was really interesting was getting a feel for how a different state does things. And it was a big risk to move out to a different state where we didn't know a single soul and just kind of start up working there and figure it out. And maybe that's um, an episode in and of itself, talking about risk and what it looks like and what it feels like and um, what can come from it. So I moved out to Minnesota and Minnesota has a really well-running association for music therapy. So I, I got involved um, by going to the conferences that they had each year and being part of the Facebook group, joining a peer supervision group, and just, you know, like taking advantage of, of all the resources that they put out. It, it really was so helpful as a new music therapist to get to see other music therapists throughout the year especially because with my job, I was the only one by myself out on the road <laughs> all the time, very lonely. So it was really cool to see what a professional association could look like and how it supported um, the music therapists within the state, especially new music therapists kind of figuring things out and feeling <laughs> frustrated with, with everything. So then... Um, Man, it's been it's been a while now, about six years ago. Greg and I moved back to Rochester, took another risk, <laughs> moved back with no job prospects, with no jobs, without an apartment or anything. 
um, and we've made it work since then. And so moving back to New York State, I was like, oh, New York State doesn't have a professional music therapy association, but all these other states do. Minnesota did, and New Jersey does, and Oregon does, and um, a bunch of other states do. And I'm like, well, why doesn't New York? And then I started asking, like, all of the prominent music therapists that I knew, so some of my former professors who had been past AMTA presidents and the person in kind of overseeing the um, New York State Task Force, which is involved in the whole licensure thing. And then I talked with the president of MAR, the Mid-Atlantic Region for the American Music Therapy Association, and then other music therapists nearby who have had similar thoughts and feelings of, of wanting to start a music therapy association specific to New York State. So all of these conversations led me to see that, A, there was no professional association. There just isn't. And B, no one is doing anything about it, at least not right now. So then I'm like, okay, well, why not? And why not me? <laughs> and so it was like, okay, I'm interested in professional associations because um, of what I saw in Minnesota. And I was really excited about it, seeing all the support that I got and the different opportunities that they had throughout the year. And then feeling this frustration, like, New York State doesn't have this same supportive network. And I think we should. I think we really should. And so now I am in the acceptance phase of, well, this is just what it's going to be. New York doesn't have a professional association. And along with that acceptance, I am saying, okay, I guess I'm going to be the one to do the work to create this thing. Um, so... I felt this frustration, this excitement. Now I'm working and, and accepting what it's like. And I, I saw the bigger picture and the backstory and I did something about it. And this doesn't mean that I'm like better than anyone or whatever. It just means that I saw a need. I wanted to do something about it. I had the energy to do something about it. And now now we're in the process of creating this association. And I feel like with the things that we go through as professionals, um, as music therapists, part of that acceptance is realizing that other people aren't going to do it for you. Um, I mean, some people are trying. <laughs> some people like like me are trying to make things better for the next generation. But a lot of people don't have the bandwidth. A lot of people don't have the security in jobs or their lives to take on another responsibility. And so there has to be this moment of acceptance where it's like, okay, this is just what it's going to be unless I decide to do something about it. So like for my jobs, um, like this one job 
they were offering me full-time. I was part-time and they were offering me full-time, but it's a very, very low paying music therapy job, like one of the lowest around. And so I, I was like, okay, well I have to fight for higher pay because I'm just so frustrated. I'm not satisfied with this job. I don't feel like I make enough for what I do. And so I advocated and I fought for higher pay and every conversation I had, they turned me down. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll take this pay, even though it's really, really low and lower than all the other jobs around. But I want to know that we're working towards raising, raising the rate for this job. And I want to be part of that. So like, can I be in touch with the foundation or can I be in touch with, um, you know, fundraising efforts and help with that. And every single, every single conversation I had, I was turned down. So I had to get to this place of acceptance. Like it's not going to change. And I thought it was going to change with me like on site working for this organization, um, having the conversations as a music therapist who had worked there for like two years and nothing changed and nothing was going to change and no one wanted to help me change it. So then I had to get to that last phase of letting it go, passing it on, letting the next music therapist who works there pick it up where I left off. So I hope, I hope this conversation of acceptance helps you think about things a little differently Um, Accepting music therapy for what it is with grace, with motion, with grounded reality, and with that tenacity. Um, And then seeing our work, our professional lives through these different phases, being interested in whatever it is, and then experiencing that excitement and going through frustration and then coming to acceptance or working the working phase. And then at the end, letting it go, passing it forward, and experiencing some gratitude. So we're coming upon the end of our episode, at least the end of what I had planned. Um, But there's a couple other things that I wanted to talk about because it is the end of the year. And whether you're listening to this at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, some random month in the middle of the year, I think you can adopt some of these these things. So the first thing I want to talk about is your word of the year. I see this as a, a kinder way of creating goals or a focus of the year. So having a word of the year and... As I've opened myself up (laughs) to being more intuitive, which for me, that has been really hard because I'm very much a practical, like, okay, how do you do it? Tell me how to do it. And it's kind of like there is no answer. It's like you just sit quietly and listen to whatever it is inside you that's talking to you. (laughs) But um, as I've, as I've, um, I don't know, stepped into practicing intuition or exploring my own intuition or listening to my inner voice, I find that my word of the year kind of just comes to me now. 
So my word of the year is wander or wandering. And maybe you have a phrase of the year. It doesn't have to be a word. Um, This word came to me when I was writing and I've been working with my coach recently on the practice of writing and letting it be this everyday thing in my life. Um, And I don't know if I've shared this before, but for me, writing, whether it's poetry, just creative writing in general, blog posts, writing out podcast episodes, um, working towards a book, that all is my creative expression. It like just comes out of me in words. It's the coolest thing once I open myself up to it and and like saw what it what could happen. So now sometimes I'll just sit down and close my eyes and it feels like my mind is wandering. I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that. Oh, um I have this imagery in my head and these words floating around and now I'm kind of making a phrase out of it and a sentence and it's moving and it's going somewhere. And for me that feels like kind of jumping into the flow of creativity. And I want to practice being with that, with that flow, with that creative energy more and more this year. And what I realize is I'm such a busybody. Like my mom got me this journal, I don't know, two years ago, I'm still using it. And it's, it says busy bee. <laughs> I'm like, that is literally me. That is my life. When Greg, um, asked me out for the first time like when we officially started dating it took like so long for me to just sit still for him to like even start talking because I'm like doing this and doing that and cleaning up and organizing and moving things around and thinking about my homework and all the stuff we started dating in college um and so you know maybe stillness is part of that word but for me it's like letting my mind wander I want more of that in 2022. So that is my word of the year, but I am so, so very interested in what your word of the year is or your phrase of the year. So I would love for you to share with me your word of the year um, on Instagram. Um, I have a post up about word of the year. You can post on there. You can send me um, a direct message or you can email me. It's hello at kimbest.com. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just uh, curious and intrigued. And I've, had, I've been doing a word of the year for probably the past five years or so. So I've gone through many different words, words that, were, that had more like action to them and words that had more feeling to them. So I'd love to hear if you have a word for the new year. And then I wanted to talk about some other things that we can do. So one of the podcasts I listen to every once in a while is Happier. Um, And that's by Gretchen Rubin. She wrote the book, The Happiness Project. She also wrote the book, um, The Four Tendencies. I've mentioned her before, but I find her work to be incredibly helpful. And it's very practical. And that's like something I just talked about, you know, me being a practical type of busybody person. um, I find that she gives very um, realistic tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life for 
making things, you know, happier in your life or making things more enjoyable or meaningful. And so one of the things that she and her sister, her sister's the co-host of of the podcast, and it's really cool just to see their relationship and how they really like each other. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that they do for the new year, and they've been doing this for a few years now, is they take the end of the year. So like, you know, 21 in 2021 or 22 in 2022, and they create a list and maybe you've done this before, um, but a list of like 22 things that you want to do in 2022. And this could be like regular to-do list things. It could be aspirational things. It could be like traveling or it could be a feeling. I want to feel more, um, more connected in 2022. So if you make a list of 22 things for the year 2022, I'd love to hear what's on your list or even if you've done it at all. I know I did this for 2020. I can't remember if I did this for 2021. I think I did, but I have no idea where my list is or what the heck it says on it. (laughs) But um, I think I'm going to do it again. 22 things that I want to happen in 2022. And obviously, um, we are most likely not going to get through all of the 22 things, but it is cool to still have some things written out and then something to look back on to see how the year went. Similarly, but different, they also do something where they take those numbers, 22, and do something in that amount of minutes. So I think, I can't remember what the different ones were for like, 2020 or 2021, but it was like walk for 20 minutes each day in 2020. Or I think it was like read for 21 minutes in 2021. It's something like that. So they do these things. So for 2022, their thing is rest for 22 minutes in 2022. And rest can look like a lot of different things. But I'd encourage you to listen to those episodes on the Happier podcast by Gretchen Rubin um, if you're interested. And I'd love to hear if you want to do it because then we can kind of, I don't know, keep each other accountable, keep each other updated on how things are going um, and share successes and frustrations with each other. I also want to direct you back to Not Your Average Music Therapist, episode eight. So I can't believe (laughs) that was all the way at number eight. Um, That's pretty good. It means I I did a few, like maybe two episodes or so each month in 2021. So check back on episode number eight. It's called Perfectionism Projects and Goals. And it was my conversation around the new year last year on, you know, how to, how to create goals, how to not be, you know, have this perfectionism attached to our goals and our projects. Um, and then how to accomplish our goals. I, I talk about a trick that I have for setting due dates because it's one of those things that I never really know how to do. (laughs) So listen back to the episode if you're interested in, um, getting some more of this end of the year, new year 
information. So um, thanks for listening. We have some things coming up uh, 2022. I'm hoping that the very first episode that we launch is a community episode. So if you haven't heard, there is the Not Your Average Music Therapist community. You can sign up for the wait list on my website, kimbest.com. I think it's kimbest.com slash community where you can sign up. Um, but we have we have this community happening already. And um, shout out to the community members. You are all such wonderful people. And it is so great talking with you like openly and honestly about being a music therapist and the thoughts that we have and the frustrations that we have and the challenges that we are going through and the life events that we are living through. It's just a wonderful place to be. Uh, membership will be opening again in February. So make sure that you get on that list because I'm not letting in too many members. I want to keep it small so that we can get to know each other. But upcoming is a community episode. It's a way where we can all give our thoughts and opinions on one topic. And I think I think we'll be doing these episodes fairly regularly, depending on um, who in the community is up for recording themselves, but we will each be sharing our own thoughts and compiling it into an episode. So look for that in early 2022. Um, And then in February, look for the opening of the um, community membership. And then if you would, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I have no idea if you can leave a review on Spotify. Let me know if you know. Um, But if you listen to this podcast on your iPhone, on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. You can rate it too, but a review, you know, I love words, so I find reviews to be even more impactful. So it's one small free way that you can support the podcast. You are directly supporting me and my confidence <laughs> in this podcast and giving me some something to pump me up, something to motivate me to record the next episode because it's, it's really hard, guys. It's really hard sometimes to come back to this podcast and record an episode, even though I love it so much and I want to do it every day of my life. I just have other priorities. So having more reviews come in will for sure motivate me to record some more episodes. And it is your way of sharing with other people your thoughts on the podcast, what you like, what you don't like. And with that, more people will find this podcast, I hope. (laughs) At least fingers crossed. And I, I think it will give people a better look into this podcast and see if it's worth their time to listen. So I would greatly appreciate a review and please message me on Instagram or email if um, you don't know how to do that because I've written out a really easy step-by-step guide for finding where or how to leave a review. And again, please let me know if this episode has been inspiring or helpful for you in thinking about acceptance in music therapy and the phases of growth and of, I don't know, our professional lives. And please share if you have a word of the year, if you are making a 22 in 2022 list, or 
if you are planning on resting for 22 minutes each day and what that looks like. So you can reach me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Kimberly Jane Best. I just love having my full name, even though I go by Kim. Or you can email me at hello at kimbest.com. Thank you all for listening. I love you so dearly. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right, talk with you soon.